Today's episode is sponsored by Selena's Mexican Restaurant and Taqueria in Rochester, New York. Selena's is celebrating our 25th year in Rochester, and we are proud to continue offering fresh-made, Mexican-inspired recipes that are affordable and served by Rochester's best. Check out our event space for private occasions, as well as our catering menu for groups of 10 to 2,000. Looking for something different to do? Selena's hosts monthly tequila tasting classes, as well as corporate team-building seminars. Check out the website to learn more, selena's.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S dot com. Jazzcast Pros. Hello, Bossy. How's your day going today? How's your day, Kelly? My day's actually <laughs> going pretty well. I can't complain. I had a great weekend. I went to my general manager's wedding, which was beautiful, and I got to hang out with a bunch of my long-term staff and staff that are no longer with us in an outside-of-work environment, which is always fun. Oh, that's nice. How are you doing? Well, a lot of my staff weren't able to make it to work today or this weekend, so I got to work all weekend, which was fine. We had a celebration of life that we catered at the restaurant, and it was I would have been there anyway, so it was really great. Looking forward to brighter days with more staff. Always, right? That's like the number one thing. It's funny because we're about to talk to Jordan in our interview today, and Jordan talks a lot about leading with compassion. Obviously, as small business owners, we are passionate about what we do, but we have compassion for both our work and our work family, which can be regulars, guests, both. Yeah, they're just as important. Yeah, celebrations of life, Mm -hmm. weddings, issues at home. You know, we take all of that on. Mm Mm-hmm. So as we said, we're meeting with Jordan Betts, a salon owner here in Rochester, and I think she actually has some news about what's coming next in her business life, so I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, she's got a lot of changes, and she's overcome a lot of shit in the past year, and I hope you're looking forward to hearing her story and getting some business advice from her. Like we said, something Jordan always says is that she leads with compassion in her business, and let's hear her story. Do you own your own business or are you considering starting your own? Are you craving connection and are ready to feel seen? It's time to get real about what it takes to make it as a woman business owner. My name is Kelly Bush. And I'm Kelly Metris. And we're the hosts of Getting Real with Bossy, the podcast that unites and educates women business owners through real, raw, and honest conversations. This episode of Getting Real with Bossy is brought to you by MoFill Services. MoFill is a full-service mobile filtration provider and product distributor for food and beverage producers. As the first mobile cross-flow outfit in the Finger Lakes region, MoFill strives to bring a close-knit, personalized feel to the filtration process and is focused on making services accessible, affordable, and caters to each individual customer's needs. Reach out for more information at MoFillServices.com. M-O-F-I-L services.com. Hello and welcome to the Bossy Podcast. Today we have Jordan Betts from Need Salon and Mint Salon. I'm going to record this over again because I know you're in so much transition. I don't even know. <laughs> I know. I just, my eyeball doesn't like this. I'm like, hmm. How I was like, I introduce myself. <laughs> Or maybe we should keep this just as part of the... You you can actually keep this. This is fine. I think it's a perfect segue and opening to what's actually going to happen in the conversation today. Okay. I think this is an important one. I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself (laughs) for you, Kelly. My name is Jordan Betts. I consider sometimes actually changing it to Jordan Saar because I'm doing such a huge transition, but no, no, I'm going to keep Betts. 
Just to preface, I'm Kelly Metris, and we have Jordan, and then also in the room we have Erica Sorbello and Asa Schutz, so you may hear their voices chime in. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll start with why did you decide to own your own business, start your own business, specifically own a salon? Okay, so for those of you that don't know me, I definitely am not a major salon player. I never was. I never did my hair. I never did my makeup. I still am the same way. So to be in the salon world was really weird and interesting for me. It all actually fell into my lap. But the whole point of becoming a business owner was because I needed to be able to be free as a single mom. Okay. So at that point, I did not really know much about business ownership or what it was going to look like or what was involved. I'm a high school graduate. That's all I have. All the education that I have has been self-taught, self-learned, self-researched, or through conversations with mentors and things like that. So starting a business was solely so that I could care for my daughter in the way that she needed to, because I couldn't have a job that someone told me I had to be there at a certain point. And in our industry, we're working late nights and weekends. And as a single mom, I have daycare until six o'clock. And that was it. And so I knew I had to be able to make my own schedule in that sense. Daycare is huge, especially for people in non-traditional work environments. So hopefully we'll talk more about that on a separate podcast. So what did you do for childcare if you were in this business and only had daycare Monday through Friday, nine to six? Because I was a, a business owner, my daughter hung out with me a lot. She was with me all the time. And I had to open my own space because I knew at that point, like, you know, when she was sick, having to call a boss was terrifying because I had multiple times been yelled at for my daughter being sick, working at different companies. I specifically remember this one time I was working for a photography company and my daughter projectile threw up on the back of my head on my car drive up to work. And I called him and said, my daughter is sick. And he told me that I better figure something out. So I called the girl that had just walked out (laughs) of that company a few days prior and asked her if she could take my sick child. Hey, did you find another job yet? Yeah, basically. And she said, yeah, bring her over. So she took care of her. But I had throw up in my hair. <laughs> and I had throw up on my clothes. I can smell it. Yes. Right? That's a mom thing, right? Like it just gets stuck in your yeah. nose forever. Yeah. I remember walking into my job and being like, F this. Like, are you kidding me? And so when I became a business owner, there were all of these little things that I remembered from having past bosses. And I basically learned how not to be a business owner. And that's how I learned how to become a business owner. That's fair. It was based off of if someone calls me because their kid is sick. I don't even need you to give me an explanation. I just, you're an adult. You just need to say, hey, this isn't going to happen today. And I have no right to say yes or no. That is not my life. I don't believe in giving you permission to take off time for something that you want to do. I don't believe in, like, it should not be my responsibility and it should not be my job to say yes or no, this is not important to you. And so those little things, I think, are what inspired me mainly to become a business owner because I knew that something had to change especially for women like me. Yeah. And in the salon world, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that your stylists are creating their own schedules and handling their own clients. Is that how it works? No, not necessarily. Actually, there's multiple ways of running a salon. I've always ran my salon as an employee-based salon. 
And that was so that I could protect my environment and make sure that we had a safe space for people. And that is why I've always had employees. There are different situations where you have independent stylists, and those are the ones that are kind of more independent in terms of their clients and their schedules like that. But however, we've always been super flexible with that. Again, huge pivot if we're talking about (laughs) my past before. They were always employees that had the flexibility and the freedom to do what they had to do in their life. And then when you show up to your job, I have two rules. You show up on time and you do everything you do with integrity. And that's it. Other than that, just be you because that's who you need to be. Yeah. And that's who people are coming to see. Right. Exactly. So where was your first salon? My first salon was on the second floor in a barbershop that smelled like cigars and car games (laughs) because that's what happened downstairs below me. So I call that my dorm room because I covered everything up, right? It was like you had to make it look pretty and you're like, I can't afford to do anything. So I'm going to make it look good. And then the second one I called my starter home. And then my third location, which I'm at now, I call my forever home. But now it's not my forever home anymore. I don't know what it is. So I haven't figured that out yet. So what would you call your forever home now? Okay. So my forever home now is me. And I think that's a really important thing. And that's kind of where beautiful segue, by the way. Thank you. I think that's actually where I wanted this conversation to go was that I am my forever home now. And I think it's really important for our business owners to be able to take a step back and revisit what it is that you, why you wanted to start your business. And it's not the, why do you want to start your business in the first place? Oh, I want to be, start my business because I want to be able to take care of my kid. No, no, no. Like, what is it actually further into that? Why did I start my business? I started my business to create a space that allowed people to be, to allow them to survive, to allow them to thrive, to allow them to feel safe, to allow them like this space. This is what I created. And it wasn't a space just for clients to feel that way. It was a space for employees to feel that way. It was a space to me to feel that way. But what I realized is I put so much effort and so much empathy towards other people that I forgot to make sure that myself, I was safe. And I think that's something that we need to remember back. Why did we start our business? We started our business to why? To provide a space for ourselves to be able to thrive within our truth. And I think we forget to actually live in our truth and work in our truth and do our truth and who we are because we're so hung up on the have tos and the shoulds that we have in business. We start a business and we are gung ho and we're so excited. We're doing this because I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with this world and I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to do this and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, you get so caught up in the have tos and the shoulds that you think you're supposed to do that you get scared. And eventually you get scared to the point of saying no setting boundaries because you've been told for so many years that you just can't. If I don't feel happiness within, if I'm not following my truth, if I'm not being honest with myself, then I'm never going to be able to give people what I've always wanted to give them. And I tried, I tried to give everyone what they wanted, but what I did is I gave everyone what they wanted and I forgot to give myself what I needed and what I wanted. Ooh, there's an Alicia Keys song I'm going to send to you. That's like my jam right now. Oh, I love that. And the kids are like, why do you listen to this song so much? And I'm like, listen to the words. It's important. (laughs) But she talks about being the person other people want. And then they fall in love with that person and not you. It's suffocating. Yeah. It's completely suffocating. 
And we don't realize that it's suffocating. And then all of a sudden we take a step back and we take the time to breathe and we take the time to look at things. It's suffocating. And I think that a lot of times as business owners, we get to this point where we are just go, 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 that all of a sudden we crash and we're like, what the freak happened? And it was because we haven't taken that time. And something I say to my team all the time is do not underestimate the work that your brain is doing. Your brain is working. If you're physically not working, your brain is still working. And we have to give ourselves that time, that actual time to be able to step back and heal because we say that we're resting and we pick up our phones. Mm -hmm. We say that we're resting and we read a book. We say that we're resting and we watch TV. We say that we're resting and we're hanging out with our kids. And yes, those are all amazing things. But if we don't allow ourselves that space and that time, we will suffocate because we will not be following what's our truth because we're going to be so influenced by the outside distractions that we're constantly distracted by. Join us October 16th through the 19th in Geneva for our bossy build and balance retreat. We are filling each day with seminars and activities to promote self and business health. Allowing time to rejuvenate and build your business. Go to bossyrock.com to sign up for our email list and stay up to date on offerings and opportunities. Follow us at Bossy Rock. Be bold, be bossy. See you in Geneva. Jordan Batts from Need Salon and Spa here. I wanted to let you know what is bossy to me. Bossy to me is safety. The feeling of safety and comfort amongst these other business owners. It's unbelievable the group of people that I've come into contact with and have helped me through these most difficult moments in my entire life without judgment. I never even knew to ask for help. And Bossy has taught me it's good to ask for help, but it's even better when we accept it. To have a group that without judgment holds their hand out and says, how can I help you? That is what Bossy is. The Union Tavern is a beautifully restored building with a rich history and views of Lake Ontario. Featuring New England favorites and hearty comfort food, everyone will have a favorite dish. From large groups to intimate dinners, there's plenty of space to celebrate special occasions. Come visit us at 4565 Culver Road, right across from the Jackrabbit. It's funny because like as a business owner, you get paid a set amount of money that you can afford to pay yourself regardless of the hours that you work. And people only really gauge those hours as the time that you are on site. Uh-huh. You know, they're like, oh, well, you don't work this week. And it's like, no, I mean, my kids are home from school this week, so I'm working from home, but I'm still working probably a portion of every single hour of the day, right? But I find I can do the most work certain times. I took up jogging recently. And if I can take a jog and I get into the space and my head is not getting bombarded by everything else, like my phone and my kids and work and messages and emails, or I go on the Stairmaster and I start just focusing on something else or standing in the shower and just letting the water hit you, right? Mm-hmm. And you have like these, like, for me anyways, these aha moments of, oh, this has been really pissing me off and I didn't really know how to word it. And this is how I want to address it. And you're like, oh, wait. I just had like a clear thought and I've been spending all this time trying to figure it out, but really I just needed a moment. Mm -hmm. So I bring that up because I want to ask you, do you have things in your life that you do that you find bring that clarity and whether it's personal or professional, because as business owners, it all overlaps. I mean, these things happen to me about work and personal life in my aha moments. Yeah. I call them clarity walks. 
and I take my friends on them sometimes. So if anyone wants a clarity walk, I'll be happy to take you on one. Awesome. But what I do is I call them clarity walks and I specifically curate those walks to be that. And so I make sure that my phone is on do not disturb. The thing that I like to tell people is when you're doing this, prepare yourself for this alone time because we freak out and we panic. And so the first thing that you need to do is text all the people that you think are going to text you and that you think are going to reach out to you within the next hour. And then you just tell them that you're going to be gone for an hour. That's it. Just put it out there. You're going to be gone for an hour. And then what we do is we go out into a walk or I go out by myself and I say it audibly. Jordan, this is a clarity walk. And this walk, we are thinking about this. And that is it. And I have no distraction, no music. I don't put music on. My dogs come with me, which is great, but they can be distracting as well sometimes. Oh, and then you don't look crazy when you're talking out loud. Well, because I would just be like talking out loud and I'm like, I should have my dog because then people would be like, oh, she's talking to her dog. You know, Kelly, (laughs) I think a lot of people, once I start really kind of coming out of whatever this is, this transition of my life, I think a lot of people are going to feel like I lost my mind. And I'm actually proud to say that I think I did lose my mind and I gained my spirit. And I think that's an important thing for people. But I don't really care if people think I look weird talking to myself anymore. I used to, but it's like, you know what? No way. I don't care. Like, this is how I have to get my thoughts out and this is how I do it. And so for the longest time, I thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't do things the way that other people did it or that I thought it was supposed to be a certain way. But I'm realizing I'm learning these different ways of working with myself and how I specifically am. And it's okay to use whatever resources that you can to make it work for you specifically. And quiet walking with my phone on record helps me because it's, I allow myself to be able to just speak openly and outwardly. And then I can just take those words and I can type them out and then I can look at them and see if they make sense or not. And if they do, then that's great. If they don't, then that's fine too. It's like an audible journal entry. It is. I personally need to journal my life so that I remember what's happening every day because it's gotten to that point where I can't really remember all the details. And so that those are other ways of helping me keep myself on track. So give me an example of something that you allowed in your space before you had this transition time that you no longer allowed in your space and what that looks like. Well, there are things that I cannot speak about right now publicly. But I will say that we went through an excruciatingly painful experience in my business that floored me and floored a lot of other people in the space. And when I say floored, it's not, that's a gentle way of saying we were completely obliterated and thrown onto the ground, truly is what I feel. And when I started my business, I always said, I'm going to run my business. I'm going to lead my business with compassion. And that is always what I said. I'm going to lead my business with compassion. I heard that like 15 years ago, this woman said, I lead my business with compassion. And I loved that. And what I didn't realize was that there has to be a limit of compassion when your business. And I didn't limit my compassion and I was destroyed for it. So there is an equal exchange of value in my space. If there's inequality of value, that is not allowed in my space anymore. Well, because you carry that with you. So if you're the only person sending out compassion, and that's relationships in general, right? So Mm -hmm. like, as a business owner, especially in small business, and I don't know that it has to do with being a woman, but maybe it does. Men, you can chime in. I'm sure that you're compassionate as well. We 
take our employees and his family. We give them space in our souls and we worry about them mm-hmm. and we try to help them and we want to better their lives to the extent that we can do so. When they come in and they have a lot on their plate, we become a therapist, you know, we worry, but then you leave with that. Mm-hmm. And then you're carrying that and you're worrying about that. But if they don't give a shit back and they're just walking over you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's suffocating. It's hurtful, all of those different things. And you don't realize that as a business owner, because you're just on a go, 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 go. And again, it's taking that step back and understanding that you need to be taken care of too. And to think about it in such a way that how do you take care of your employees? How do you take care of your kids? How do you take care of your animals, right? Whatever you have. Like I know, for example, my dog just got a burn from Bishop's weed on his nose. Let me tell you the things that we did for that dog. (laughs) Like, oh my God, he is like such a freaking baby and he knows that he's amazing. Anyways, I'm obsessed. Why don't I do that to myself? Why don't I take care of myself Mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, but your dog wouldn't treat himself that way. Right, but it's more more for us to realize if I'm going to treat my dog that way, if I'm going to treat my kid that way, if I'm going to treat, then I better A, expect to be treated that way Mm -hmm. back, but I also need to treat myself that way. Um, yeah. Because by the way, my dog does treat us that way. And value. Right. Like he's obsessed with us. Like he's amazing. So he gives us all that love. If we're going to give him that back, it needs to be a mutual thing. Yeah. Hey y'all. I'm Erica Cervello and I'm the owner as well as the stylist at Gallery Salon located at 4 Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. We specialize in everything from lived-in hair color to vivid creations, haircuts, wedding hair and makeup, structured manicures, gel extensions, and the best nail art in the city. We work closely with Rochester artists and makers to carry an array of handmade goodies for you to shop from. Gallery Salon is proud to offer gender-neutral pricing and we are a certified LBGTQ plus safe zone. Our space and staff are welcoming and down to earth. We know you'll be comfortable to come as you are and celebrate your individuality at Gallery Salon. You can find us at galleryhair.com and Facebook or Instagram. Give us a call at 585-271-8340. Or better yet, swing by and meet us and see what we're about. Gallery Salon, located at 4 Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. Do you think that COVID forced your hand on this transition? Do you think it would have happened without that? It's actually not COVID that did it. But anyways, I am going through a huge transition. I've been a salon owner for the past 12 years and have recently decided to step away from the salon ownership side of this industry and focus on the education aspect. So with that said, I'm still taking my clients, the people, my educators that are working with us are still taking our clients. We're just shifting the whole concept into being more education focused, which is where we've always been anyway. I love it. But I will say that it took me until this moment in my time where I've spent the past six months with a lot of personal work, a lot of boundary setting, a lot of different things, a lot of alone time, a lot of quiet time. People that knew me prior to this have known me as a very outgoing, loud person. I'm a very quiet and reserved person now. And it's interesting to see the difference between and... I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm unapologetically choosing to be the real me. I don't believe that COVID necessarily was the thing. COVID was a slap in my face because I have always worked multiple jobs. So I was a 12 year old. Oh, actually, I got my first job before that, actually. I mean, I was making money when I was mm-hmm. in single digits. Oh, I like, make some. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing some stuff, always making money. It's fun for me. It was always fun. 
But when COVID happened, I went from having a schedule working all the time to having like nothing. And everyone praised me for how well I did and I made it through. And I think it's so important to talk about because I did great financially. That's it. And that's what people see. As a business owner, as a leader, as a boss, no one takes a step back and asks how you're doing and asks how you're actually doing. No one cares about it. No, they don't. And even your people that work with you, they don't get it in that realm. And that's not their job to get it. And it's not their job to understand the respect is should be there. But Mm. other than that, you know, COVID made me realize I had no idea how not to be a workaholic. And Mm. so I call myself a recovering workaholic. (laughs) I'm in recovery right now. And it's really, really hard because I'll go into moments where I can go back in all of a sudden I'm working 12 hours on my computer and I didn't even breathe. And it's like, see, those are the tendencies that I had that got Mm. me into this mess in the first place is not taking that step and being okay with myself. COVID, I realized it took everything away from me that I knew and that I was comfortable with. So COVID took away my schedule. I'm an ADHD survivor. (laughs) God, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize how bad it was until I lost my schedule. And so I didn't realize until recently that the past two years has been a mess because I didn't have what I was used to. And I, I had to learn all these new coping things. What made me pivot was this last blast of employees where I have worked for 12 years, giving everything I possibly could to everybody, anything I possibly could. And I did an incredible job and people will praise me for everything I've done in Rochester. And I love that. Sure. That's great. I did an incredible job. I'm amazing at what I do. I know I'm amazing at what I do, but it wasn't until this last bout of realizing, you know what, actually I'm kind of sick and tired of being told that no matter how much I give and no matter how much I do, I will never be good enough and I will always be wrong. Yep. There were a lot of straws that broke my back in the last little bits. You know, one of them that hit me the most was I had an employee that I was losing money on every single week, mm-hmm. like hundreds of dollars every week. And I spoke with them and said, you know, gave multiple coaching opportunities for over a year trying to get this person to bring in a more of a clientele to be able to be more sustainable. And I chose not to fire people or get rid of people because I had the money and the resources and the clientele. And that was a mistake on my end, letting them kind of giving them that. But I let this person after a whole year, I gave this person six weeks to find another space to work with support, with help and a continued paycheck for six weeks, even though I knew I was losing another twelve, fifteen hundred $1,500. And this person decided to leave and tell everyone how horrible I was. And so at that point being like, you know, I just gave you six weeks fully paid to help you find something to make you for sure you found a safe space. And now you're telling everybody how horrible I was. And I just at that point had realized, you know what? I've done this for 12 years. I've never taken care of myself. And I want to step back and set some boundaries. And so we're in this new boundary finding adventure, but I think that was it for me. 12 years of being told that I was never going to be giving enough. And I gave everything I could give, including the shirt off my back, thousands of dollars to people when they needed like money ahead of time. There wasn't a question. If someone needed to pay their rent, I paid it. Like there wasn't a question in my mind. I took care of every single person and to be told time and time again that you're not enough did it for me. So I think there's two important things that you touch base on here. One is that we are people. We're human beings. We are human beings and we will try to be as perfect as we can 
because nobody goes and wants to be a business owner because they don't want to do things well, but we're not right for everyone. And people Mm -hmm. are not going to see all the things we do. But the other thing that you mentioned a lot in that is when we lose money, people assume when I say they, I mean, people, general public, non-business owners think all business owners are clumped into this like cloud of big business. Right. And it's not. So when you are losing money for our business, you're losing my money because someone has to pay that money in. Somebody Mm -hmm. has to still pay for the supplies and the overhead and the rent. And when the business itself isn't bringing in enough money to cover it, which is our entire business plan, it is actually money out of our pockets. And we don't often get paid because that money is not there when things aren't going well. So we are literally losing money. So our children and their home and their food. And so when we start freaking out about how much money we're losing, people are like, well, it's just a business. And you're like, no, it's not just a business. (laughs) I had a few people that were not bringing in enough money and I was still giving them more than they really deserved because they needed it to be able to survive. Right. And in that case, that meant that I was taking more clients, which is completely opposite of what I wanted to do. (laughs) But, you know, COVID has fun and decided to, you know, take my savings So I had to, I had to continue to work more. And that was when it got to the point of me saying like, you know, I have to run this business. I'm still a mom. I have a 16 year old. I want to be home with her. This is the whole point of me having my own business. I didn't work 12 years to be working 80 hours to pay you a paycheck because you won't go and get your own clients. Right. And it was, that was it for me. So let's circle back to you choosing to start your business on an employee model, which is Mm -hmm. not super common in your industry and you're focused on education. Yeah. So an employee is also a very difficult model to work with. It's incredibly difficult. However, it was important to me that I remained in control of my environment in terms of what was happening to the clients that were coming in and how they were being treated when they were in the space. Because I built this business from scratch from my clientele. And so people are expecting me. And so as I'm growing the business, if they're expecting me and I'm not expecting me per se, they're expecting the caliber of value that I'm offering when it comes to the way that people are being greeted, to the way that they're being treated in the chair, to the way that they're leaving. So what I've done over the past 12 years is I truly call it research is that every single client I'm with, I'm researching what it is that we need to be able to offer in a service. And I talk to a lot of business owners about this, not even just in the salon world, but about creating that environment that is cohesive for what you're looking for. And I have a quote that I actually wrote last night. You can make whatever you need in whatever environment and capacity, as long as there is an equal exchange in value. I love that. Yeah. So... With that said, you can have whatever life you want. You can have whatever you need. Manifestation is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a 100% real thing. Every single thing I have in my life is because I have manifested it and I have worked really, really hard for it. So there's no luck involved in that. Everything that I did was strategically placed in order to have this stuff happen. All my decisions were based to make sure we got to this point. But you can have anything you want. You can make as much as you want. You can have whatever schedule you want. You have to be able to match that value mm-hmm. in order to ask for that. Definitely. My wheels are churning. I love that. Okay. So back to you. I'll turn more about your quote after we stop recording. Okay. So you are in a massive transition and I'm, we're going to have to interview again in like a year and see where you're at (laughs) and like compare to this interview. Let's say six months. Oh, let's say our next interview. We'll interview you in like another year when your transition has 
landed somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you, I know, have spent time being clear and concise about what you want that to look like and what you're trying to get out of everything. Mm -hmm. So can you describe for us what your life looks like in a year from now, Jordan? Yes, absolutely. A year from now, I will be teaching all of my classes locally and at a distance. But my personal dream and goal has always been to be a motivational speaker and an educator. That's all I want to do. And so my favorite thing in the entire world is to teach business, non-traditional business, truly, in the sense of we need to look at the numbers, of course, but we need to look beyond that. And we need to look at the truth behind things because things are shifting and changing. Business is shifting and changing. And so I will be inspiring other business owners to begin running their business in ways that are opening themselves up to the people that are working with them in different realms. I think it's really important that we take a look at what the needs of people are. One of the questions I ask to businesses is I ask them what they want. And then I turn around and ask them if they think that their employees want that too. And if they say yes, then it means that they need to start doing the things for their employees like that too. And that's where I'll be in a year. I'll be doing more of that. I think I'll still take, you know, maybe five hours of clients because I have a few clients that have like, you know, threatened me for leaving the industry. So there's that. (laughs) But but it's just going to be more focused on education. The salon is turning completely into an academy. It will have shadowing there. So stylists can book and work with us while we're working with clients so that they can see what it looks like to run a service the way that we run it, to teach people how to increase their value so that they're working less and making more, but work and making more in a conscious and elevated way, not in a way that we're just going to up our prices because everyone else is. We're we're not raising our prices because of that. If we're raising our prices, we're raising our value. So you, I don't think mentioned that you specialized in curly hair. Yeah. You're well known. Mm -hmm. I have some curly haired relatives that would love to have you be the only person that cuts their hair. (laughs) Um, For those of you that don't know, and your salon need was a completely different business model opened up to allow stylists the space when they didn't have it for like a long-term rental. Is that correct? How would you describe need? Well, I opened up Mint and Mint was a curly hair salon and that's all we pretty much did. And we truly believe in accessibility and inclusion and we felt that being a curly only salon was pretty exclusive. Yeah. And even though we wanted to make sure we created a safe space for people with curly hair to feel that they were going to be heard and seen because they're not in their spaces, in their salons, I wanted to make sure we had that. And that's great. But then when we looked at the big picture, we're like, wait, this is not very inclusive because I would have my straight hair clients calling me saying, am I still allowed to come? And I was like, first of all, A, it's about time you feel uncomfortable walking into a salon. Okay. So the rest of the curlies now are laughing at you for feeling uncomfortable. You're welcome. (laughs) But for two, that doesn't stand well with me. And so when we did need, we wanted to open up the space. The reason why we changed the name was because mint was known for curly hair and we knew that it wouldn't be able to get away from that. Okay. So we changed the name so that we could get more of a open kind of environment where people felt safe to be themselves And the playoff of the word need was, what do you need? What is it that I can help you with? You know, what does our city need? Our city needs a supportive place that is going to fight against all of the terrible things downtown because we're downtown. And so that was one of the other things is that we wanted to make sure that if we were going into downtown and we were doing our thing, 
that we were going to be loud about it. And we were going to be loud and unapologetic about the things that we stood up for and believe in. And inclusivity was one of them. And so we had to start letting straight hair people come into our salon. (laughs) Why bossy? I belong to bossy because I love nothing more than being in a space where I am understood, where I can be myself, and where I can speak the truth. As a woman business owner, I find that my voice is often overlooked and quieted. I find that not many people understand the ultimate sacrifices that we make and the struggles that we overcome. And when I'm in a room full of bossy women, none of that matters. We're all in the same space. We're all in the same place. Whether we're making jewelry in our basement or we have 40 employees, we're all putting everything on the line. That's why I belong to Bossy. So I feel like me and you, you and I, Grammar, have a lot in common in the work we've done for the community and trying to make our spaces a great space to go and trying to workaholic our ways into way too much time and energy into other projects to reach and help and improve. Do you find that part of this transition, and I'm asking because I'm going through it myself, is really taking a look at the best way to spend my resource, which is time and money to still make those changes and do that help that I want to do. And that is a huge part of everything that I do, but to make it in a more concise manner and really be like, okay, well, if I'm going to put my energy and my time into this to create X, Y, Z, I really need to know that I think it's going to work and I'm not going to just waste that time and energy away. Well, I'm a firm believer in if you have something that you're going to be working on right now, and if you create a picture in your head and you actually visualize that multiple times and you start to believe that it's going to happen, it will happen. So it doesn't matter how much time you put into it because it will happen. Okay. So I believe in that 100%. It's making sure that you're clear on what it is that you're asking for, for it to actually work out. I think that's where there's that, like manifestation really works. But you can really mess up by forgetting to include important things. Or being impatient. Or being impatient. Yes. Because everything takes time. Creation takes time. And, you know, our words and our intentions and our thoughts matter so much that if you think about it, right, if you can put it out there and you can say, I'm doing this, this, and this, if you put that out there, it's going to happen. We know it will because you're going to start to open yourself up to new opportunities. But at the same time, if you're sitting there saying it could do uh, or it could be this, you're actually putting energy into the negative and allowing those negative things to start popping through and showing up. So I think for that is be very, very clear as to what it is that you want to do, why you want to do it and the purpose and those things. And then that way you can be very clear about it. But my biggest piece of advice is this is something I'm learning how to be and learning how not to do. I want to do a bazillion things all at once because I know mm-hmm. I can and I've done it and I'm really good at it. But, but do you really want to do it? I don't. I do down the road. I want to. But we have nothing but time in the sense of the grand scheme of things. No, we don't have any time. We're so busy, all this stuff like that, but we have nothing but time. So why are we trying to do everything this year? Mm-hmm. Why can't we just pick one thing, two things and do it? So One of my BFFs, Dominique Curry, she is the curly goddess that takes all the people when I can't do it. She's amazing. 
she has given me a limit of I'm only allowed to work on two things at a time. Oh, I like that. And it's been absolutely brilliant. I like it. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us the future of your current salons? So the salons will be rebranded and they will be, it will turn solely into the academy. I mean, we're working with a marketing company right now, Design 29, and they're going to help us redo everything the way that we want to. But the academy is going to be focused on philosophy and the energy exchange between people and metaphysics and all of that fun stuff. So we have about a year to our official launch. Okay. Well, that is yeah. ridiculously exciting. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I just meditated for 45 minutes. <laughs> That's good. Um, it ended up just being the two of us. And I'm like, oh, I feel so at peace. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to add before you segue your way out by telling us again who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Jordan Fats, and I used to be proud of calling myself serial entrepreneur. And I am no longer a serial entrepreneur. I am a advocate for choosing yourself. And that's where I am right now. And wherever that ends up being, if I end up being a stylist, an educator, or a Reiki healer, because I am a Reiki master. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. I'm a Reiki master. I also read auras. I read your chakras and tell you all these different things. Ooh. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in that, I can do that at the salon as well. I have a Kirkland photography machine that photographs your vibrations. No way. Mm -hmm. And so I can see what your auras are. And your chakras are at, and I can help you Why with are you that. telling me this now at the end? We could have just talked about that too. <laughs> I know. I can do a whole podcast on that. But yeah, so if you're interested in any of that, if you're interested in learning those types of things, at the salon, we truly fully believe that healing is part of the service. And if you're going to come and be with us, you're going to be in a healing environment. And if you're going to be with us for an hour, you might as well be able to leave there feeling refreshed and calm. And so that's what we focus on at the space I love it. Yeah. And your spaces again are called? You can find us by going to www.needsalonroc.com, needsalonrock.com, or find us on Instagram. But we are changing our name as long as our advertising company is cool with the name. <laughs> we are changing the name to Universal Beauty Academy. And it is the concept that universally what we are teaching in our education and our classes actually can work across the world. Because we are only in this to just help people feel empowered to love on other people. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. That was a lot. What a story she has. I need a clarity walk. I need a clarity walk, too. I'm not worried about people thinking I'm crazy anyway. So I just <laughs> talk to myself all day. You know, that was one of the things I missed about taking a mask off, is that I could talk to myself and no one noticed because I do it all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I love the idea of Clarity Walk, giving yourself some time, and that she talks so much about that idea about leading with compassion, but setting limits and not getting taken advantage of. And that's where you find the equal exchange of value. Make that into a t-shirt. I think that's the next t-shirt. Also, I love her talking about being specific and strategic about where to put your time and energy. And I know that's something you and I talk about a lot, and it comes up at almost every bossy meeting, like how can we best put our time out there and what's the return. We can't wait to see how she transitions to the Universal Beauty Academy and where she's at a year from now. I'm looking forward to our next interview with her in a year. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Be bold, be brave, be the boss. Follow us on social at Bossy Rock and join Bossy at bossyrock.com backslash join. Well, tune in next time for Getting Real with Bossy. We are excited to share another story with you and we hope you like it. 
podcast has been brought to you by Gallery Salon, where beauty and art collide. You can find out more at galleryhair.com. Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. Find out more at Selena's.com. S A L E N A S.com. The Union Tavern is a beautifully restored building with a rich history and views of Lake Ontario. Featuring New England favorites and hearty comfort food, everyone will have a favorite dish. From large groups to intimate dinners, there's plenty of space to celebrate special occasions. Come visit us at 4565 Culver Road, right across from the Jackrabbit.